What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? This is the Easy Podcast. Yes, it is. And I'm Zach Abbotts, and with me, as usual... Eric Thurston. So, today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, something we both hate um, adamantly, and uh, that's the Oscars, and then something I think we might both also kind of hate adamantly, and that's the movie Glass. <laughs> I don't know if we we both really liked it a whole lot, but uh, I guess we'll find out here in a little bit. Yeah, um, I know Glass has been out for a couple of weeks, but we decided to split this. Uh, we, we free solo deserved its own episode. It did. It totally did. And then uh, I got off on a tangent last episode talking about streaming and uh, way too many TV options. Yeah. But here we are now talking about uh, Oscars and Glass. But first off, uh, what have you been up to? Well, so it's February 2nd as we sit here and record this. Yep. So that means it's the second day of Valentine's in my house. Oh, wait, you so, do the whole month? So 10 years ago, I decided to do 14 days of Valentine's. So when oh, okay. February 1st hits, I do just something small. Just not not like this elaborate, you know, expensive ordeal, but... Starting February 1st, I do something kind of leading up to Valentine's Day. And then then we, you know, Valentine's will have a date night and do the movie thing or the dinner thing, you know, and that, you know, make it. That's cool. Make it nice. But so that so yesterday I felt I got up early and unbeknownst to my wife took care of the dishes just a little thing. Yeah. yeah. Just, she really appreciates acts of service. So, and then what did I do? Of course, I made a video out of it. Of course. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. Are you going to do videos. one for every day? I am. I'm going to do one for every day. 14 days of Valentine's. So daily. That's funny. So I'm vlogging daily now for the next 14 days. Wow. And it might be live. Like I, I, I so thought. Yeah, you can do YouTube or Instagram. Um. So... My rhythm right now with YouTube is I'll cut a long, longer form for YouTube and then I'll cut little segments out for like TikTok and, and, and Instagram. Oh, wow. You're on TikTok. Look at you. Yeah. Modern man. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's primarily to cringe my daughter, make my daughter's cringe. So, um, and it works. Yeah. It works perfectly. I don't, they block, they block me, obviously. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's kind of that's the M.O. And I'm thinking that I'll and then I'll, you know, I post a link to Facebook because that's where my wife lives mostly. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking maybe going live for a few of those days so I don't have to actually edit something. Yeah, it might be a little easier in the moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You, you always got to think of kind of like what your subject matter is and if it's something that probably shouldn't be spent time editing, like just, right. just do it live. But again, yeah. I like to practice. Sure. I mean, that's why I like producing the vlog. And, you, you know, I like just the practice of shooting something. My framing on the first one yesterday was totally off. <laughs> Do I cut myself off? I cut my head off at the oh, top of the forehead. But wow. I'm like, you know what? It was like 6.30 in the morning, so I didn't care. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a term in film school. I don't know if it's like appropriate now, probably. Not, it's not very PC, but... Uh, whenever you cut the head off of a subject too much in your composition, like we call it tomahawking. Oh, which is now that I think about it, it doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense because you didn't use a tomahawk to, um, what do they, what do they call it when native Americans like would scalp scalping? Yeah, right. Yeah. I guess the, I mean, I don't know, but anyways, not very great, but it was like anytime anyone 
cut off way too much. I mean, there's there's a subject like there's a composition where you can properly cut off the head, like if it's a close up or whatever, yeah. or an extreme close up. But there would just be like an interview, like just a wide shot, and like the heads cut off, and we'd be like, "Oh, tomahawk!" <laughs> like just calling them out right in the middle of class. But well, and 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 your film school is in Florida too. Yeah. Right. So well, I guess that's true. Yeah. So, so geographically speaking. You know, there's a lot of that culture that spills into modern day culture, which is, you know, like you got the Seminoles. And, right. Yeah. You know, FSU and everything. Yeah. But, so. Or is that FU? I can't remember. Anyways. You're right. <laughs> yeah. um, you watching anything? I haven't really been up to much. I just, all I, all I did last week was basically move an office. Yeah. We moved offices. Um, that was a bit of an ordeal moving in. And two edit suites, basically making making a new edit suite, and then moving my own personal office. And yeah, uh, other than that, it's just a bunch of monitors and Mac Pros. And the office is moving the office, eh, not such a big deal. I mean, you know, it's work, but the challenge now is it's on the other side of the campus, half, away half a mile away, away from the film studio. Yeah, away from the green screen studio, away from like completely on the opposite end. The whole opposite of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a quarter of a mile away. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so this segment of the podcast is brought to you by electric skateboards. <laughs> yes. Coming to a campus near you. Um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be a challenge because we were we were moving stuff. And it's like, oh, man, I forgot. You forget like one little thing. Oh, yeah. Like like this morning, mm-hmm. I forgot an SD card to record this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me get in my car and drive over to the other side of the campus yeah. to get an SD card. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It'll be I, I like the new office though. I think the, I think it'll be good. But yeah, and, yeah. and that's the reason why, quite honestly, I got a longboard skateboard to go back and forth to camp when I do that. And this week, I think it was Thursday, I did that probably six times. I'm like, wow. oh snap! I got to go back. Oh, this isn't the right thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like I was trying to mount this power strip to the to the desk, and we didn't have the right drill mm-hmm. or the right bit. And I was like, how can I hammer this screw into, <laughs> without having to get in my car and drive all the way over there again? But yep. uh, yeah. So besides moving offices, uh, what have you been you been watching anything? I haven't really been watching much. Um, I'm trying to think. I didn't. I didn't actually get out. I was gonna go see Miss Bala last night, and then the wife wanted to go see Bohemian Rhapsody because still to, out Oscars. To season, our yeah. shame, we haven't seen it. Um, and there's been multiple times where I'm like, I'm just gonna go. Mm-hmm. It's like eight o'clock. I'm just gonna go and. And then I and she's like, oh, I really want to go and see it with you. I'm like, mm. <laughs> well, then let's go. Like, OK, come on. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been to a movie in the movie theater in a little while. Probably Free Solo was the last one a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of streaming. Actually. Really? Yeah, mostly. Um, so the one that I watched, um, I watched the, the fire documentary on Netflix mm. about the fire festival. Have you seen that yet? No, but I do. We did watch something. Okay, I'll come back to it. Okay, time. so I didn't. I didn't watch the Hulu one. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the idea that they, you know, they had to pay the guy that basically frauded everybody like two hundred thousand dollars just to be in it. Um, but wait, then I, really? Yeah. So they had to pay the guy that put 
that attempted to con everybody, you know, in the fire festival, they paid him like, I think it was like 200 grand so they could interview him. Like that was his demand. Oh wait, was this the festival that they had in like the Virgin Bahamas, Island? Yeah. 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 That, it was just a total And then like cluster. people, this is like a year ago and people actually, yep. sh- they, he sold tickets oh, yeah. and people showed up people and showed up there was and, nothing. And there was hurricane relief tents Yeah, is what they were told to stay in. And it poured down rain the night before. So mattresses and everything were just ruined. And it was, it's an insane, it's not, it's not like a overly amazing documentary, but the subject matter of it was so interesting and insane to me that I was just like, how did this dude get away? Well, he didn't, (laughs) he's going to jail for like seven years, I think. But yeah, uh, it's just, it's, it's so incredible to me, like the subject matter of it and the the editing style I really liked. Um, from what I hear, the the Netflix one looks visually and in editing style better than the Hulu one. Um, again, I haven't seen the Hulu one. Um, oh, but rolling back to why I haven't watched the Hulu one. So I didn't watch the Hulu one because I didn't like the idea of them paying this guy that conned everybody money, you know. Um, but then I come to find out that the company that produced the Netflix one was the ad like the the marketing agency that this guy used. So it kind of was like a lose lose no matter which oh, one you watched. Wow. Um but so yeah. he's scamming everybody still with the documentary. Well he <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with the Netflix one. Uh-huh. But this um this company, this marketing company called F Jerry it's not actually called F Jerry, it's the actual word. But we're keeping it clean for the oh, iTunes yeah. rating. So yeah. um yeah. keeping it clean. But yeah, they, they this company that that um this guy I think his name is Billy, if I remember right. And Ja Rule um, hired this F Jerry company and they did like all the marketing and stuff on the Instagram and everything, I think, for it. Yeah. And they had a whole bill of artists and everything. Yeah. What was that? Did they they never. They ne- well, they, it got canceled before anything could even happen. So what happened was they, they, they booked all of these bands. They paid them like double. Well, OK. They told them they were going to pay them like double what their normal asking is. Uh-huh. And so then this reporter guy started looking into that and he was he contacted like Major Laser and um Blink-182 and all these guys and all of their managers were like yeah, we thought it was a little weird that they offered so much money to us to come do this. Uh-huh. And not to mention it's like Blink-182 like I mean I could understand if it was 15 years ago. Right. And you were getting Blink-182 as like your headliner but like paying them that much money now doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Right. I mean you're, I mean a lot of people still like not, them but you're yeah. it's not the same. No. And then flying out the Bahamas and all this stuff so but it's crazy because like this dude like they kept just putting options on the website like oh you get a if you pay this much you get a villa oh don't forget to um you know charge your card like because this is the only way you can pay for everything while you're there and most people put six thousand dollars on the card so i mean people were putting tens of thousands of dollars into this trip and this festival per person right yeah but they were blowing through money so fast trying to get it done. They originally had like this one island. It was the Pablo Escobar Island that had the pigs on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they shot like all the promos and everything on that. And then the Pablo Escobar, um, you know, family estate or whatever said that they couldn't use the Pablo Escobar like name in it because they didn't want it to be like this, you know, like Coke fiend crazy festival imagery. You know, they didn't want right, it to yeah, seem yeah. like that. Yeah. The first thing they do is use Pablo Escobar's name in the festival. So they, the estate kicks him off the island. So now he has to find this other island like three weeks before the festival is supposed to start. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. And it, it was, it's, it's crazy 
like the stuff that happens and the stuff that these people went through. And I mean, it's, it's really like sad. It like, is like, yeah, I saw pictures. I, I remember when oh. that story was breaking and seeing pictures of, of people showing up to nothing. Yeah. Not, and they didn't have a place. There was yeah. no room. They roll them in no, on a school bus and then they see all of these, these, um, uh, hurricane relief tents. Yeah. And people are like, Oh no, turn the bus around, turn it around, go back. And they went through one night, and I guess at night that like all hell broke loose, and it was just like people looting and people like like hoarding like toilet paper and stuff because they wow. knew this was going to be crazy, and they couldn't get back to the airport to get a flight out. Right. Yeah. And and so then like that next morning they cancel it, like they cancel the whole festival, and like Blink One Eighty Two had already pulled out like three days before. And that was or suppo- that, and that was the day. It was supposed to start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The day that it was so supposed to start. everybody, everybody's supposed to have gotten there, gotten there the night before oh, yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, it, it's crazy because like the stages were set up and these, these huts were there and there was so much that it was just like the absolute bare minimum effort because that's all they could do in the short time span or that's all they could afford or whatever. Like because they blew all the money. Yeah. They, they sold, I think it was like 10,000 tickets, but the, the Island could only hold like 2000 people. Oh wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it's wild. I mean, and I, so what, so, I mean, where did the money go? I mean, it, what, were they, were they intending on scamming people in the beginning? Like it was a scam from the beginning or I don't know like, because it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like there wasn't, like it feels like the money was being used. Yeah, I mean, if you got staging set right. up, right? I mean, it's I mean, not you're like people some riggers and yeah. So. The only, but the thing that's weird though is like vendors didn't get paid. Oh. So like all the the Bahamian Bahamans. Uh-huh. Anyways, all the people from the Bahamas, you know, wait staff and 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 caterers and all that stuff, they never got paid. Oh. Wow. And then I think maybe nobody got paid. I'm trying to remember the end of the end of the documentary. It, it interviews and asked people. So like. The AVL team, I don't think, yeah, they, that's right. So no one got paid. So I don't know where all this money was going. It must have been like a little bit of it was being used as it was happening, but then some of it must have must have just been pocketed. Yeah. So, I mean, not for a documentary on that, that's the big question yeah. is like where to go. And they, they do answer. I'm just, it's probably been, I've, I've had a few sleeps since then, but they're, cause they're talking about like, um, the interview, the the uh, the reporter that's that's kind of like blowing this whole thing up. He's the one that kind of blew it up on on, on uh, uh, Twitter first, mm-hmm. and he's talking about it. And he's like, he contacted you know all these artists and stuff, and they said, "Well, have you been paid yet?" And they go, "Well, funny enough, no." So none of them had gotten paid yet. It was all kind of like a once it's done thing. So I don't know where the money went. No, I don't think anybody does. And it's it's wild because this Billy guy. He had like kind of a history of doing this on obviously a much smaller scale. Yeah. And as he's under investigation and out on bail, he's still scamming people. And this F Jerry company is like following him around. Like he hired this company for like PR. I don't know what, but they're following. There's film. There's video footage of him like with other people calling people and like scamming them for like. Met Gala ticket purchases and stuff, which they don't even sell tickets to the Met Gala. Wow. And all this stuff. And it's just insane how much like video proof there is and how much yeah. he's just so he's so arrogant and like affluent about it because he's like he doesn't even care that that the videotape is rolling 
like with physical evidence of him yeah, conning yeah. people. Yeah. And then at one point she's like, eh, you can go ahead and cut it. Like, dude, what? Like, he, I don't know. It's, it's so arrogant and smug. And he, I just, you just want to punch the dude in the face. Like yeah, the, the yeah. kind of like personality he has. Well, there was a lot of people that wanted oh, to do yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But from what I, from what I understand, I think he's going to have to do like seven years and, and, 20 it's like i think it's like over 25 million dollars he has to figure out how to pay back or something which yeah, i'm sure good they'll, luck with that yeah. they'll never see that money no they'll, no, they'll never, never see happen. that money. so the one good thing they did come and then it, hulu gives him 250k well, to do this doc really yeah, yeah. like he, it sounds like he scammed hulu <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah but the one good thing that did come out of this is um there's there was an indiegogo or a gofundme or something for um the caterer who was in the she's in the Netflix documentary and I guess they raised like two hundred thousand dollars or it might be more by now for her. Right. Because she was paying she back paid for all the food. She and- she paid for everything. She she said she spent like fifty or sixty thousand dollars of her own savings to pay all of her employees and pay for the food because she had so many people. It, Bahamas isn't big. Right. Yeah. Everybody knows you. Right. And so they they did this Indiegogo or whatever GoFundMe for her, and she got yeah. I mean, it was just this huge overpouring of like That's people cool. helping around. That was That's I thought that cool. was really cool. Um, speaking from a technical standpoint, though, the interviews are really cool. Um, you know, oftentimes you'll have two or three camera angles on an interview um, in documentaries, and you know, one's a typical close up, and one's kind of a wider shot. Yeah, the over the shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but this one was really interesting. Because it's almost, there's only a few times that I can recall where they cut to kind of a closer shot. And I think it's just like a push in of like a 4K or a 6K or whatever they shot it at mm-hmm. originally. But the interviews are all shot symmetrically with the interviewee in the middle, every every single interview. Really? So they're all in different locations. They're at people's houses and offices and all this stuff. And But they're, every single one of them is shot in the middle. Huh. And it's really interesting because it kind of... I don't know. It kind of did. It was a it was a cool juxtaposition between like the the fire footage, which is just oftentimes way like over the top or really insane or unbelievable, or it's like cell phone footage, mm-hmm. and then you juxtapose it with this interview that's just like perfectly symmetrical, person looking at the camera talking. They're not looking at the interviewer, and just right in the middle of the frame. And then they mm-hmm. would maybe do a push in every once in a while. But I thought it was really cool. And actually kind of probably, you know, lucky on their part that the people they were interviewing didn't have like a whole lot of sentences they needed to chop up. Yeah. You know, by do, using different angles to because so you're sitting on that shot and they're talking and some of them t- sometimes they're talking for like 30 seconds straight and they're not cutting. It's like that that line was gold. Like that yeah. was a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But I think it's like a testament to the edit. In a lot of ways, too, because I'm sure they had multiple cameras. Yeah. You're not going to do something like this with a budget and not, you know, no. and just say, no, I'm not going to have any coverage. Right. Um, but I think it's it's a really good testament to the edit that they they felt confident in what they were saying and the look to just stick with that shot. Yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, different. you know, I'm always down for something, do, doing something intentionally different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was, a, it was a stark contrast to like some of the other stuff that I've seen where they're interviewing them, and it's always the same kind of three like you know close up shot of the face, uh, medium shot of like the torso up, and then a wide shot of them you know sitting in a room. And right, yeah, I mean, it, I oftentimes like those work really well, and I'm not 
not bashing those at all. It's predominantly what I do. Yeah, it's a standard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a lot of you, you get a lot more freedom in a documentary that has kind of a, a crazy premise on its own anyways. You don't have to be traditional with it because it's yeah. not a traditional topic. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot more a lot more interesting, I think, in that way. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. speaking of documentaries, I you re, you reminded me that I did watch something by Osmosis. And my oldest daughter and my wife watched the Ted Bundy doc. Oh, yeah. I watched this, too. You did? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of old interviews and footage and, um, I mean, super creepy story and yep. just eerie. And so, and you know me, I'm not the huge horror fan. No, you're not. And especially when it comes to real life, real life. (laughs) And, you know, there's just like this psychological thing that's happening. And I have, and and my oldest daughter is 16. My youngest daughter is 12. I'm like, no, we're not watching this. Yeah. And then at first they, so my daughter had it on my oldest daughter, she had it on and, she was telling my wife about it and my wife gets all intrigued and you know, because there's a certain element of fascination, right? Yeah. Like, how can somebody just be so maniacal and, 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 and yet so personable at the same time? Right. I mean, it's just incredibly charismatic. Yeah, yeah. It's just this. And I'm like, and I whip around, I'm like, no, we are not watching this because of the, you know, there's just this eerie and, and it creates it's a real dude. And it creates fear, unnecessary sure. fear sure. in my house that I don't need to cope with. Now, typically... Whenever it's dark but, and there's a little noise. And <laughs> right. Here comes a 12-year-old running down the hall. Yeah. Oh, can I sleep in your room? Yeah. No, you're 12. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And she didn't do that. But um, but my wife has nightmares. Like, she'll have these nightmares, and it wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I have to wake her up out of it, so... And, yeah, so it really disrupts my sleep. So let's really get <laughs> let's, down to the nitty say, gritty. Let's get to the point. This is really about you. <laughs> it's really about me being able to sleep. Yeah. Um, but in honest, in all honesty, it creates an unnecessary fear, and and rightly so. It's like, hey, you need to be mindful. And so I boycotted it first, and then what happens? Because it was really well done. Oh, it's, it's incredibly well yeah, done. Yeah, I get sucked in. Yep, I get sucked in by the filmmaking aspect of it, and the whole the the way it was edited, and and there's one particular part where my daughter's my oldest daughter is like, oh, this is so creepy. Where it, towards the end, they're talking about you know him confessing and mm-hmm. saying these different things, and the guy. The guy that actually talked to him was telling him how he was he was talking to him through like this this hole in the in the in the glass or whatever. Oh right, yeah. And he was like whispering. He goes, "Can you hear that? You know, something to that effect." And it was really creepy. It was like, oh no. <laughs> so yeah, and she, you know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, nah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Joe Berlinger is the director of this, and he did um, my first, my first, I guess, interaction with him uh, as a filmmaker. Um, is he directed the Some Kind of Monster documentary, which was the Metallica documentary mm. ten or fifteen mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah. Um, where they were building, you know, they were making the Some Kind of Monster album and uh, or uh, some kind of monster, Saint Anger, Saint Anger album. Yeah. And. Um, so he he directed that movie, and so that's kind of my first like 
interaction with him. And then I found out that he did this and I was like, Oh, well that's interesting. Cause I thought so some kind of monsters, I think it's a really well done music documentary. Um, the subject matter obviously was intriguing to me cause I, I love metal and I came up with that. But um, this one though, I come to find out that he's also directing the, the fictional adaptation of it as well. Really? So the guy that directed oh, the, he, the with Zach with Zac Efron, right? Did you see the picture of Zach Efron? Yeah. Oh my! I'm like, oh yeah, oh, he's just like dude. him. Yeah, it's a really good Zach casting was choice. Freaked out about it. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a really good casting choice, and it, I, it's gotten some pretty good buzz. I think it played at Sundance last week. Oh, okay. um, so it's gotten some pretty good buzz. I think um, from him, but yeah, it's a really good casting, but it's interesting to think of like, there's not a whole lot of directors that'll do like the documentary and then also the narrative version. Right. I think maybe Werner Herzog has done something like that, but mm-hmm. um, I think this will be really interesting to see. Like, it'll be interesting to see like, will that documentary carry over? I mean, this guy, n- probably nobody knows, you know, Ted Bundy better than this director because he did a documentary on him. You right. have to have so much knowledge right. from this. So, I think it'll be really interesting to see that. But yeah, this this documentary was it was um really cool. I think the one thing that I that I liked about it and gore doesn't bother me, but it was unique in the way that it didn't show any gore at all. Mm-hmm. It didn't show crime scene photos, no. really. The only time it ever did was like it would show skulls. Like whenever they found the bodies that had already been like ripped up or whatever from mm-hmm. from animals it would show kind of like the bones. Right. But it wouldn't ever show, they never really showed anything else. Like no no bloody crime scene photos mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. And I thought that was a unique way of doing that because to contrast that with the other documentary that I watched recently, which was The Innocent Man, I mean, they showed like everything yeah. that you could see in that. Um, and I was like, that was, a, that was a really one of a, like, rare way of doing a documentary especially yeah. about a serial killer where right. kind of everybody wants that that like that gore thing not not so much that people want to see real life people dead but there is something to that to actually be able to tell the story through seeing the actual violence. well yeah see so that brings up a great point that that is for filmmaking is that do you have to show everything like for me i i i'm of the school of thought where I think you let the audience is ma- their imagination fill in the blanks. Yep. Like because I think if you do that then they're more bought in. Like the audience is more bought in because the blanks that they fill in are from their experiences, right? Or their imagination. Yeah. Which and is they, sometimes worse. Sure. But if you show everything, and that's true of gore or nudity or anything of that nature, you know, where I'm like, mm, let the audience fill in the blanks, not necessarily just because you want a specific rating, either. Mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to make sure it's PG-13 so I can reach a b- bigger audience. Yeah, so no, we're do, not it, gonna... do it if the story do, lends yeah, itself the to intentionality it. of. Yeah. And so I think sometimes showing everything is you it's know, kind of a cheap way out. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. like it, it. it's not you. No, I, I, to I me, agree with to you. To me, the better filmmakers, and now this is just my one man's opinion, the better filmmakers are the ones that know how to do that and do it well. Yep. That's what I'm that's the point that I'm making is 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 that you don't have to show everything. You don't have to insult the audience, and you don't have to be a lazy filmmaker. Now I'm not don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that if you show everything that makes you a lazy filmmaker, if it's intentional right. and it supports the story. There are definitely situations in a story that you do need to see all yeah. of that or you need, right. to, need to see everything that happens. Yeah, I totally agree that there are times where it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need it. It's, it's there for a rating or it's there to potentially get people in the seats. Right, yeah. Um, obviously the most, like one of the most famous examples of, 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 you know, don't show is Jaws. Right. Now that had nothing to do with the story that had everything to do with the animatronic system, not working correctly, but in the hands of a great filmmaker. And I'm sorry, if you think Steven Spielberg's not a great filmmaker, go back and look at his work again, because he's one of the greatest to ever be. He knew what to do. He knew how to make that movie work yep. without having all the tools that he originally thought he was going to have. You are still terrified of sharks and probably still are. Yeah, unrightfully <laughs> so. Sharks get a bad rap. But yeah, fantastic. I mean, great framing, knew where the edits needed to be. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I You know, I think that's such a good point to bring up that, again, I mean, here we are talking about story for probably the third week in a row. Um, it just, it all comes down to the story. And if it doesn't yeah. benefit the story and, it, and you're doing it just for a rating or you're doing it just because the producer says, Oh, we got to have, got to have them boobs in there. Yeah. You it's, don't, it's not it. That's you not, don't. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Well, let's get, let's get to our hate. So we're going to do well, hates a strong word. Hates a strong word. Okay. Our loathe. That's an even stronger word. You think it's okay. <laughs> I think uh, so. <laughs> Let's just call it a rant then. We'll just call it a rant. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we dislike yeah. it quite a bit. Um, I think we'll do this every year. This will be this will be a little tradition. Um, we we got to move on because yeah. we're we're a little bit into this now. And we haven't even started talking about it yet. Um, the Oscars for 2019, they were announced. And I think they're they're playing, what, in two weeks? Yes. Um, so the weekend after the Super Bowl here in the States and, um, I hate, I hate the Oscars. I don't think it's too strong of a word for me. Um, I think they're an absolute ridiculous, um, show of self-affection and just, yeah, they're just ridiculous. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that I think that they're, I, I don't know, really know how to say it, but like they're they're so pigeonholed into the type of films that they put in there, and also they're just predictable and boring, and they're always safe, and there's never anything risky in there. Oh, but Zach, they they nominated Black Panther this year. That's a comic book movie. Well, I have to say it, it's still a predictable nomination, and I think it in completely has everything to do with the political climate that we're in and the um the time that we're in and uh racial movies always get a uh leg up i guess you could say in the oscar race i mean you look at crash which won right yes and uh that movie and it was well done crash yeah i hate crash i mean as far as i liked crash I liked the, the, the. It did not deserve to win Best Picture. It didn't. No, correct. I agree with that. But I did like just the juxtaposition of the situation. Yeah, I think I think there's I a good know. idea in that movie, but I think it's done so boring and it's so plain, and it's just let's get as many big name actors, recognizable actors as we can, and put them in this. Yeah. In this movie, 
uh, about you know like racial profile and everything. I want to I want to get back to sure, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I don't want to talk about yeah. Crash anymore, right? Because we have a lot to talk about here. Um, Oscars. Um, th- there's these movies that um, I'm not saying they don't deserve praise. They don't deserve accolades or anything like that. But there are movies that we call Oscar bait. Yeah, and they're movies to me that they feel like are made just to win an Oscar in February every year. Right. So the right. studio has like this quota that they have to meet and they say, okay, uh, we're going to make five of these movies, all of which could potentially be Oscar movies. Let's fund them to get those Oscar movies. That way we can still say that we're relevant in the award-winning space. We're high-class filmmakers, blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Okay, but here's the thing that even goes deeper than that is that a lot of those filmmakers that are in that space are are very closely related in the Oscar in the Ampus organization. So it's it's like everybody's patting each other's right. back. Yeah. And that, that leads me to another issue is it's an award show for rich people. And it's an it's an award show that I feel like it doesn't if you want to watch your award show that actually like pays tribute to the people that are really grinding it really breaking back on each of these productions like watch the sag awards or watch the dga awards or the producers guild awards like yep those to me those mean so much more than these oscar awards that you know was it 60 60 90 year old white guys want to just choose you know you know what i mean like that's what it was for a very long time was it was this click of of just rich dudes getting together and choosing what movies they wanted to slap the Oscar logo on the DVD box for. And that, and that is in the DNA. Yeah. Cemented in that system. Yeah. And And it's not getting any better. Yeah. And it feels like they're doing some of these movies. It feels like they're doing like, Hey, no, look, we're, we're hip. We're relevant. We're no. It's we're a response. It, it's it is a response totally response to, to backlash from from culture. Yep. And I mean, there's there's movies that I think deserve the awards. You know, there's there's Twelve Years a Slave. I'm yes. I'm, I'm focusing yes. on I'm focusing on racial movies for just a, a minute here because you have you have movies that like Black Panther got nominated. Black Panther does not deserve to be nominated in the Best Picture category. No. I really liked it. It was a great Marvel movie. I love Black Panther. But it is not a Best Picture nominee. When you look at the other nominees in this category, Black Klansman, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, Star is Born, and Vice. Right. It doesn't belong in there. No. And here's the other problem I have with the Best Picture category is how can you nominate a movie for Best Picture and then not also nominate the director of that for Best Director of... In, in that category as well. Yes. Bradley Cooper gets snubbed for best director, is nominated for best actor and best picture right. for A Star is Born this right. year. That doesn't make any sense to me. None. Ryan Coogler, no nomination, even though Black Panther got nominated for best picture. Right. So there's the snubs. Like, that doesn't yep. make sense to me at all. It doesn't. You, you shouldn't be able to nominate a best picture. Who do you think vision that best picture was? Hello. So that doesn't make any sense to no. me. But looking through the list here, we have Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book. That's three movies that all have the same similar, I would say, subject matter. Now, I, I want right. to get this out of the way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming at these just because they are an easy and relevant topic to talk about. Yep. I in no way think that 
movies focusing on black culture or anything like that should not be nominated. No, nope. I'm just talking about what is always nominated because it feels like they they are apologizing for everything else. Right. And and they should be apologizing, but not in this way. Nominate no. movies that now I, I would say blind spotting is probably a better movie that you could have nominated. That's a more of a, a of a, a high caliber filmmaking movie than Black Panther in the in an Oscar bait category. Um, that's another one that deals with racial issues as well. There's just other movies that make more sense to be put in there than Green Book, which is just a Hollywoody movie, and Black Panther. And I just, I don't get it. Um, I just I really don't. And it happens every year. There's always the there's always the period piece movie. Yep. And there's always the um, the racial movie. And yep. then there's always like um, a political movie. Yeah. And or. And or you could swap out one of those for some kind of mental health situation. Right. Or, yes. Or, or or like a musical biopic. Or sexual orientation. Sure. Right. Now, again, I want I really want to hammer this home. I am not in any way against those movies. Right. I am not in any way against that. But I think there is a misstep here and we're not actually in the Oscars, they're not actually nominating high quality the highest of quality films from that year they're doing it with an agenda in mind oh absolutely and that's what i'm getting absolutely at. and 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 so okay to your point and here's here's where here's where my my biggest um beef with the oscars came from um it goes back to training day yep and beautiful mind yep and um Denzel Washington loved Denzel Washington. So don't take this the wrong way. He got snubbed the year before. Yeah, he got a consolation award basically for training day. Yes. Yeah. He got snubbed the year before and I think it was Glory. Uh, no, I think no, he actually Glory won was for, way before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, he won uh, for that though. No, it was the year before and he was he was and he totally didn't get it and and they realized, "Oh yeah, that was that was a miss." Um and they didn't make the media didn't make a big deal out of oh well it's because he was black or you know anything of that nature. Um, that's that wasn't really kind of the the climate. Um, no, not at the time. It was two thousand two or at whatever, that moment. Yeah. yeah, and but to me, I watched both in the theater, and I mean, Training Day was. I mean, it was a fun ride, but it wasn't like this Oscar. This, no. this is where this. So for me, this is where the value of because we used to totally geek out about the Oscars. Yeah. We totally have these parties. We do. We print out um, ballot sheets and do you like know bingo and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you do your ballot and we do a pool and whoever got the most would split the pot. You know, and no, I'm not. I'm not promoting gambling. So <laughs> let, let, let me just <clears throat> caveat. Um, Asterix. Uh, this episode brought to you by Eric Thurston Gambling. <laughs> um, but when in Russell Crowe did this beautiful mind, just totally amazing. I I thought his performance in that particular movie was that. I'm like, yeah, he's getting it now. It wasn't that that miss. I wasn't mad because I lost my ballot pool. <laughs> I was mad because legitimately I felt like they snubbed. Russell Crowe, because Russell Crowe, a, a month before, maybe two months before, got in some kind of bar 
DUI alter- or something? Yeah. No, it was an altercation oh, in a okay. bar somewhere in Australia where like a phone was thrown or something like that. I, I mean, it was, you know, whatever. Probably had too many drinks, was having a bad day, whatever. I don't know the whole situation. You know, the media spins it how they want to spin it. And, you know, the Oscars like, well, we're not. They did the same thing to um, Sean Penn back in the day. Yeah, that's true. You know, they they snubbed these bad boys because they don't want the bad boys to represent what they. Although Sean Penn is a bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. And. um, But yeah. But that aside, if it's truly an uh, an award. Here's the thing. If it's truly an award. Politics shouldn't matter. Exactly. Right. For a performance in a film. Which is what they're what they're proposing that it is. Mm-hmm. If it's truly an award for you, this is by far in a way direct the best directed. So you're getting best director. Right. This is by far in a way of the films released this year was the the best actor. I mean, if that's truly what it is, in its purest form, then th- these things aren't happening. And and you're absolutely right. There's a formula. Um, there's there's a there's, good old boys club. Yeah, there's just boxes and, that they have to tick, and it feels like that's all they're doing every year. And this year, they it, it feels like they 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 put all their chips in. They went all in on on like let's have three of these nominated. One of which, like Green Book, right here, isn't even really that great. Really, I mean, I heard I, it, I heard it was it. good. I seen it, so I, I heard it was good, but I can't I can't say that it's you know great or not, but. Here's the thing is Bohemian Rhapsody. It's another one of those. That it's a it's a biopic, but it also has to do with a, a certain subject matter. Uh, I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody. It's good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I would even maybe say it's a great movie. But again, not like pinnacle of 2018 movie. It is right. not up there. It should not be nominated for Best Picture. Right. Um, Rami Malek does a great job. Again... I, I never I never really like bought in that he was, you know, Freddie Mercury. You know, there wasn't there's there's movies that I feel like that works. With. Ray obviously is one. Yeah. With Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. where you're like, that is Ray Charles. Like you, right. you feel like you're him the whole right. time. Um, well, he, and Christian Bale in Vice. Right. You totally thought he was Dick Cheney. But I did the rest like, of that movie deserve to be nominated or just Christian Bale? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I don't think it was. Uh, and I think that's where we're at. Yeah, we're at where I think we, his performance. I think best actor, best done, actor, sure done for sure, and that's fine. Movie as a whole, uh, it's political. It's it, political, and that's just a, them and there's an a box. agenda yep, with exactly. that movie. Exactly, and 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 if it, that agenda lines up with the agenda of you know the, the academy. academy, then right. Oh, you're a darling. So it's just one of those things. I don't I don't appreciate the Oscars at all. I don't think that they're a legitimate form of like appropriate praise for Correct. for films. Yeah. They're they're not they're not getting out of their bubble. They're not no. going outside of their comfort zone to be choosing these films. The one that I will say that does deserve it, um, that's in there. And then I was, I was kind of shocked that it was in there and it does feel like it is kind of taking a chance is this, it's this foreign film, uh, Roma 
Right. But it's directed by Alfonso Saran, who's who's an incredible director. I think he's one of the best directors out right now. But it's a foreign film. I mean, it's in Spanish. Like, right. it's amazing to me. That there's there's a few of those that happen, you know, every once in a while. We're like, yes, that that makes sense. That deserves yeah, it. Yeah, because the be cream there. will rise to the top. Yeah, even it has in a, to. Even in a bad system. So yeah. I'll be really surprised if Roma wins. It doesn't make sense. Um, I will be even more surprised if Black Panther wins because then that just solidifies the idea that they're doing it to stay relevant. Yeah. And to bring to hopefully bring in a new another generation of, you know, comic book nerds and and people that enjoy those kind of movies because the Oscars have been famously this kind of like, you know, up nose like, you know, point my finger at you, snubby, you know, snobby type of a thing and I think they're maybe trying to get away from that, but I don't Okay, if they're trying to get uh, uh, you got me going. Here now. we go. If they're trying to get away from that, then stop making 1500 people sitting on on the the bleachers waiting to see a glimpse of their favorite actor or actress it's, it's at 5 in the morning. Right. I mean, they're sitting there all day. All day. Yeah. Seeing nothing. Right. Like really? What is that about? And then opposite that, another 1,500 photographers and different media outlets and, and all that kind of thing. I'm like, I've got some feelings. <laughs> well, I you, mean, have, it is you very, have a different relationship. I do. I do. And I, I, I'm like, mm. I mean, I, wor- I worked for Ampus for four years. Right. And Ampus is? The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Yeah. And so... Um, there are some good things that Ampus does. So it's not a complete total slam. The award show is like the biggest thing. Why is it the biggest thing? And here's why. It's very self-serving to Hollywood. Yep. And it brings in all of the revenue for that organization. For the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean. It's the, basically a big fundraiser for them. They're selling. Yeah. Like, so let let if we take a step back from the integrity of the award mm-hmm. <laughs> or the lack thereof. Yeah. Let's look at the organization. The, the organization, they, they do have, there's different, the, the Samuel Goldwyn theater, they're restoring films right. there. There's digital reprints that are, that are, they're being made that they're, that they're funding. Um, they're preserving um, historical elements of the film you know, of the golden age of right. film, which I, you have not, to appreciate you have as a filmmaker, yeah. you have to go, okay, it's not, it's not all bad. Yeah. I think the, the, but in the Oscars get slammed because it's so prominent. It's so like the biggest thing. I mean, it completely takes over all of LA. They, they put up all these for your signs. considerations. Signs there's, everywhere. There's, yeah. And there's, and there's signs in, uh, you know, I was recently in L.A. and I'm looking down, uh, I think it was Fairfax, and on every light post, they've got these banners, these these little banners, yeah. these, these, it's marketing banners for the show, and there's different elements on there, and I'm like... Yeah, you're. This is this is L.A. You, you're, you're. I mean, this is Hollywood. And well, what's funny about that too is like, they could not advertise, and people would still know what's going to happen. It's the Oscars. It's been around sure. for eighty years. Sure. This is the eightieth year, I think, or eighty fifth no, or something. Is, yeah, it's like 88, 89, something like that. Like it's crazy. But I think is you know the 
there are some good things that they're doing. There, there's, there's restoration of different films that's happening. There's, you know, they, they have the film library and, so Ampus as an organization in and of itself isn't isn't all bad. I'm just not a fan as well as you as of the of the Oscar award um and what that means and what that communicates in the average consumer's mind versus what it what it really is. Well yeah, it goes back to that Rotten Tomatoes thing we we're talking about. It it's does. very similar to that. It it totally is. 91st. 91st. Yep. So it's the 91st annual Academy Awards. And, and like you said, it's, um, it's very self-serving. Um, it's very, let's pat each other on the back. And I think that's one of my biggest issues with it. Yeah. And, and, and you're getting the thing. I mean, I get it's a, it's a, it's a product of the society we've created, but you're not getting, you're not getting the below the line people, at all they don't even advertise they don't even broadcast okay those. uh now so okay we were talking about that red carpet situation mm-hmm. with all the people on one side and all the cameras on the other well that red carpet is is as wide as um hollywood boulevard okay yeah and they take up two or three street lanes like they completely block it off in the whole area with, with within a four or five block radius is completely locked down. It's probably from a security standpoint, locked down just as much, if not more than the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, and rightly so understandable. Um, so that's not, that's not a big deal. But the other thing is, is that they have, there's a rope, there's a velvet rope that runs right down the middle of the red carpet. And on one side, you have all all the A-listers and all their gowns and all the who you wearing and what jewelry, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side is where you have all the sound engineers, sound engineers, Editors. documentary mm-hmm. filmmakers and, and all the people, you know, special effects and all those people that you, you don't really know. Right. That are really the ones that are making these films. And I mean, it's like, okay, why are you separating them? Why are you, yeah. sep- why are you separating Yeah, they're putting certain people? people on a pedestal and why, why are you doing that? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And for me being on the red carpet and seeing that happen. Now there's a certain euphoria that's going, that goes on standing on the red carpet with, I mean, you're next to John Travolta and all, you know, it's John, you, John Travolta. You want to go with that one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was. I guess when you were working there, he wasn't. I mean, he was. He's a big A-list guy. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I can tell stories about hanging out with different people and talking with different people, but that doesn't matter. Uh, the thing that 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 really impressed me was is that so there's a there's a system there's there it's very self-serving, and and yet there are two actor was an, an actress and an actor that stepped over the velvet rope to go sign autographs to shake hands with people and just say thank you which was impressive to me because you're in that space and you're you're being propped up yeah and it was a human moment right it was like hey let me recognize that i'm not in this place if it wasn't for the fans sure and George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. Yep. 
Yeah, that and, makes sense. They were probably. It's not even the, surprising. They're, they're the top. They were the upper echelon of the people that were there, and they stepped over, and they were super respectful, super down to earth. And I was like, and you know, I wasn't a huge fan of George Clooney prior to that, but to see him do that and and to treat people with kindness and respect and it wasn't just the fans it was also other people that were were working mm-hmm. that you know are you know lowly peasants right. so to speak yeah and and yet he he treated them with kindness and, and respect which i was like i like this guy yeah it was cool so there were plenty of others that absolutely did not do that right i'm not gonna get into that but no <laughs> Um, well, getting, getting back to the awards themselves, you know, and there's, there's always snubs. There's always things that you personally think that should have made it. But yeah, um, I think just a few, um, that I just want to list off here. Crazy rich Asians, not getting anything. Um, you know, was one of the biggest movies of last year. Oh my goodness. It was, it was crazy. I think, I think that (laughs) speaks to, Hey, there you go. I think that speaks to kind of what two of the genres in 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 the industry don't get enough respect and one of them is horror and the other one is comedy yeah and i don't think they get the same kind of level of respect as dramas do um well in comic book films too except now now we have one that's got a nod right but, really? Yeah, but if anything, I mean like if 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 a comic book movie was going to win an award it would have been The Dark Knight. And it didn't. 100%. So, yeah. We're, you know, that's that's where we're at. And I think that that the next Dark Knight hasn't happened yet. It's definitely not Black Panther. As good as Michael B Jordan is in that is not. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a yeah. huge fan of that movie. I love that movie. But um, so won't you be my neighbor? Not getting nominated. That's crazy to me. Um, Annihilation yeah. getting nothing, which is one of the best movies of last year. Uh, First Man. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into this because I'll just get really angry. But um, didn't get nominated for the score, which is one of um, its its highest points that people talked about over and over and over again. Right. Um, that's just crazy. Blind spotting, getting no recognition. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, Bradley Cooper not getting director, um, but Star is Born getting Best Picture nomination. Ryan Coogler not getting director, but Black Panther getting Best Picture nomination. Right. Emily Blunt not getting nominated for A Quiet Place or uh, Mary Poppins, which I haven't seen, but I hear that she's just incredible in it. Um, it's just, it's crazy. There's just so many well, things. Well, did Mary Poppins meet the, because that might not have made the cutoff. It did. It did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, then I don't know. And then eighth grade not getting a nomination for uh, original screenplay. Mm-hmm. There's just so many. There's so many things that are frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's not it's not an award of integrity. No. So and 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 I'll say that again. It's not an award of integrity. So, um, and and I think you know, it's it's going to get tired. People are going to get tired of it. Well, we're at 91st. Yeah. And I mean, from what I hear, the numbers just every year go less and less. People actually paying attention to it as a viewership. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers keep going down. And uh, that's a that's a problem because a you're problem. not going to sell. Here's the thing is, is that it's like behind. I think I don't remember the exact figure, but I think it was the, the it it was the third highest watched and revenue generated television event behind the Olympics and the Super Bowl. Wow. 
And back so, when you were working it. Yeah, back when yeah, I was okay. there. And so it was so, 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was, so I was there 04, 05, 06, okay. 07. And, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But, but, but as viewership drops, so do donations and money so and does sponsorships. Ad revenue. And, yeah. Yeah. So then that'll, that'll put a, a damper in the rest of what that organization does. There, yeah. But my thing is, you know what? If, if you, you, you still need to keep your integrity as, as, this, as this image of, of high quality films winning awards, because that to me, that's kind of what the Oscars always represented up until maybe the last 20 years. But yeah, but like you said, the SAGs, the, the right. DGA, but I see, mean, nobody knows what those are. Yeah. A normal viewer doesn't know what a SAG is yeah. or a DGA. They don't even know what a DGA stands for. Directors Guild of America, yeah, by the way, yeah. PGA Producers yeah. Guild of America. Yeah. And then there's, there's the, you know, all, all of the, there's grip award and like there's tons of stuff. Yeah. So those are the ones that to me mean anything. Yeah. Uh, if I were to win one, I, that would be almost more meaningful to me than an Oscar. Absolutely. Because that's a bunch of my own peers, hundred percent. Not a bunch of random guys that don't really have anything to do with actual industry besides just being in that academy. Um, now I know a lot of the academy is actual. Yeah, they're industry people. They're all industry yeah. people, but some of them aren't relevant anymore. Yeah. They haven't been in a long time, but it's, and it's very incestuous. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, which we won't get into that. Nope. If you want to look it up, um, Google you know Academy Awards, uh, you know voting system. And or what's wrong with the Oscars, something like that. And I'm sure you'll find plenty of articles talking about it. Yeah. But we have to move on. This episode already ran long. Yeah. Um, th- it's a long rant. We can rant. I can yeah. rant on that for. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So let, let's <laughs> let's move on here. Let's get to our featured presentation. Um, we're hitting glass this week. We're going to talk about glass. Yes. M Night Shyamalan's yep. uh, newest movie. Um, right. The conclusion of the three part series. And I think it will be the conclusion. I think so. Even though it made quite a bit of money, it's yeah. doing it doing pretty well. Um, I hope it's the end of it. I think the timing of the release is is a good. Um, with, January, with, yeah. I think the time, the way it was, I mean, what it competed against. Remember, we had talked about a number of weeks back about yeah. release, you know, release schedule. Yeah. And and what are you releasing against is going to determine how well, like Venom, for example, right. Um, had nothing to compete with for there, a week and two weeks. Yeah. Right. It was it was stars born and. Um, before the buzz really started, right, and uh, and that, that's two different kind of audiences usually. It too, is, you yeah, know? yep. But this came out in January of 2019, um, and I like, I really liked 70, 75 percent of this movie, and then I didn't like it at all, and it was enough. Was to, it the first seventy five percent, and then yep. in the end, you were like, yep. oh, you just and fell the off. last, the last twenty five percent of the movie was enough for me to not like the whole movie. It wow. it ruined the whole thing for me. Wow. And huh. you know, this has been out a few weeks. Yeah. So let's just let's just say spoilers from the beginning. Spoilers from the beginning of Glass. Yeah. And if you so, haven't seen it, you know, you're probably gonna go see it anyway. You're probably not listening to us spoil yeah. it, so we're not worried. Yeah. <laughs> Glass, um so M Night Shyamalan, uh finishing up his unbreakable trilogy, I guess you right? could say. Yep. So we started 19 years ago with Unbreakable. Wow, was it that long? Yeah, they talk they talk about it in 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 uh, wow. Glass. Yeah, they they say 19. Um so yeah, it's been 19 years since Unbreakable. Oh, was that in the dialogue? Yeah, it's in the dialogue. Is it? Yeah. 
They say 19 years ago, you, you know, survived the train crash. Oh, or yeah, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, um, yeah, yeah. 19 years has been that long and I loved Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable I really enjoyed fantastic. Split a lot. Um, that had some issues, but I think it was overall, it was a really great movie. It felt like a kind of a return to form dude, for him. Night James Shyamalan. McAvoy. And James oh, McAvoy is insanely good in it. Dude, he yeah. is so good. Um, this movie is kind of, in a lot of ways, the anti-comic book superhero movie trend that we have going on right now. Right, yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that for the first, well, like I said, 75%. Yeah. I, I enjoyed how slow it was. I liked how normal it was, how kind of grounded it was. Right? How it was just yep. kind of just normal things happening in, in, an, in a situation with extraordinary people. And I loved a lot of the camera work. There's a, there's a, there's an, a bunch of really cool shots mm-hmm. that are really kind of unconventional, which M Knight's kind of always done that. He's always had really weird shots. Um, and I think Bruce Willis does a pretty good job given yeah. he's, he's not a, he's not a wood board in this one. Like he has been <laughs> in his last 12 movies. And um, Samuel Jackson is great. Samuel. Jackson he's, is- he's really good in this. Yeah. And uh, of course, James McAvoy is. If it, it was weird watching this though, because it felt like I had seen Split so recently yeah, that it, it was it was it was almost too soon mm-hmm. from seeing Split. I almost wanted like a five year gap mm-hmm. or maybe ten year gap between seeing Split and this, and that that may have I don't know sold it a little differently. But yeah, because it was that was released 2016. Yeah, two years ago, three years three ago, years right? Ago, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty recent, but um. Like I said, so there's there's a lot of really, really good moments in this that I enjoyed. Um, almost everything with um, the psychiatrist I really enjoyed. I thought she did a great job, which um, I'm going to look her name up because I cannot remember it off the top of my head for some reason. Um, oh, uh, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. So um, I think I, I really like that actress. She was good. Yeah. She was good. She brought... Um. There was an element of Nurse Ratchet that she had. I think that was intentional. Yes. And I really liked that, actually. Yes. Because Nurse Ratchet wasn't concerned about about them getting healthy. No. She was wanted concerned to make sure. about that they were compliant. Yeah, and that her quotas <laughs> were getting met. Yeah. And yes, exactly. Um, which I really liked. And that's why I think the last you know, third of this movie just craps all over that and ruins yeah. it. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing, the ending totally negates everything from before it. None of it matters. If your whole plan, spoilers, 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 glass spoilers. If your whole plan was to kill them from the beginning, why didn't you just kill them from the beginning? There was no reason to go through this, what was it, like seven day, three day or whatever, four day thing. Yeah, where they were. Yeah, and then. Locked up. Yeah. There's a line that she says where uh, two of them pop up at once, but there's three of them. And I was like, okay, well, that already that logic doesn't make sense because you have Glass, James McAvoy, and uh, Bruce Willis's character. So now your 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 language doesn't make sense, right? And and then the whole thing of like this, the the twist is that there's a secret society that kills special people so that they special powered people, sorry, yeah. so that they don't change the world. Yeah, that was this. That's the twist is that there's this secret society that goes around killing superheroes. 
Yeah. So that the whole world doesn't know that they're superheroes. They were Masons. (laughs) (laughs) The secret society. I don't know. Right. It was, it was such a what? Yeah. And And so my big complaint, so I, I agree. My big complaint on that whole thing, when um, cops show up to the final fight and they're shoving Bruce Willis's unbreakable character into the water, into the puddle. Oh yeah. And you see, you see numerous shots of the tattoos. Right. They 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 make sure you see them. Yeah. And so and that's fine. Show, show a shot of the tattoo. That's fine. You didn't need to have her come over. No. And hold his hand so that he could have a vision of of the secret society, which didn't do anything anyway. Which didn't. It didn't it, tell her anything. It, it didn't no, tell him anything. He no. Didn't. And this spoils. This spoils the end. Right. Where she reports back to the secret society that it's done. Yeah. That would have been a much better moment where all of a sudden the the cafe goes quiet and then she starts talking. Because that was my big qualm with the edit. Yeah. I'm like, don't have her come over and then see her tattoo and you're seeing the cop's tattoo. You know, it's like the tattoo, like M. Night can still make that connection. Right. With the tattoo, we well, don't learn could anything. Be, the tattoo could be displayed, yeah, when the cafe thing un- unfolds, right? But you didn't need that. I mean, it was so force fed, it, it was definitely it was a moment where, yeah. they didn't trust the audience to be smart enough, yes. And so, like, we need this moment here to that so that people understand what is happening, but it you didn't need it because 10 minutes later, you have that last right. cafe scene, and you yeah. would have been like. Oh my gosh, they killed right. him because Oh yeah, by the way, everyone dies in this movie. Right, yeah. Everyone dies in this yeah. movie. Um and really stupidly, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they they drown Bruce Willis's character in a puddle the size of 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 a I don't even a tire. pothole, yeah. Yeah, it's not very big. <laughs> yeah. Um it didn't feel nearly as fleshed out as I wanted it to in yeah. in that last in those last moments. I would have liked them to made it to the building and had some big superhero See, battle. I, yeah, and I know that that's kind of, I think that was kind of the joke that they were going, well, not joke, but it was yeah, kind yeah. of the the slap in the, the face anti, that he was going yeah, for because yeah. he, he did want it to be that anti-Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And I thought that that was okay. I didn't yeah. mind that it didn't go and yeah. had this big building explosion moment yeah. and, and, and all of that. I was fine with it. But the thing Even that was, I wanted to see it. It I was just really <laughs> stupid to me. It was just stupid writing and action to me because you, you know. It, All right, let me ask you this: What? How would you have fixed it? What would you? What? What would you have done? With like, let's because the first, like you said, the first three quarters of the film was it was good. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this. I think you could have. I think you could have had it to where maybe glass does still, he does still die. He still gets broken, but mm-hmm. the way that he, he switches it, you don't have that really forced moment where he says that like, um, uh, McAvoy's character's dad was also on the train with Bruce Willis, which right. then in turn created McAvoy's split personalities. Don't have that in there. Change that to where, um, Glass knows that the society's here somehow. I don't know how, and they never even get into it. Right. Um, and then he he forces basically Bruce Willis and James McAvoy's characters to like team up, and then they take down the secret society. Whether they die mm. in the process of doing that, 
Oh yeah. Do something like that. Because huh. the 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 turn and the big aha moment is supposed to be this like incredible, like, oh my gosh, superheroes exist moment where they sent out a bunch of like crappy security footage on the internet, which in this day and age would immediately be like, This is fake. Like this right, is yeah. CGI. I could yeah. do this in After Effects. Right. <laughs> it just it didn't have enough weight to me. Yeah. So if they would have been able to like take down this organization or even just like bring light to the organization to me that would have been fine i don't care that they killed them all off that would have been fine but it didn't mean anything to me right there was no weight to them dying there wasn't any sort of payoff to them dying and it just felt so sour in my mouth when i was done watching it yeah and the forceness of like thinking that your audience is stupid and just forcing them to understand like no, these people are bad and like all this and drowning Bruce Willis in a puddle of a pothole. And it, it, I don't know. It was just so, it felt the so lazy. was so, so anticlimactic. Oh yeah. And that was the thing. I think it was disappointing in that regard. It really was. Now I want to talk about the filmmaking of it though, because I loved a lot of it. I loved a lot of the look. Yeah. I, I didn't love some of it though. There's, there's a, um, of a, a look that they keep, like a camera shot they keep going back to where it's just like reverse POV where it's like on a, a um, oh, I just used this. What is it called? It's the camera that attaches to your chest. Snorri cam. Uh-huh. Um, they use a snorri cam where they're like, they're, and they're like fighting or whatever. And they show like Bruce Willis's face, but it looks like you're, the camera's like attached to him. They use those. I felt like a little too much and it didn't make sense thematically why you were using those, like why you were, was I supposed to be James McAvoy's POV or was it, I, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It felt yeah. a little weird. Yeah. Um, they do a few of those throughout the movie. The one thing that I really do like about, and I think it's just these movies. I don't think he really does it in night in, in, in all of his movies is he does these kind of cool, like weird, like corner of the ceiling room shots mm-hmm. that I really like where it just kind of like, lets kind of part of a scene play out. Oh, that's another thing that I enjoyed about this is that, the edit, they just let things play out in a single shot. Yeah. Like um, Sarah Paulson's talking to them and it's just on her through her whole like monologue. And then it cuts to, you know, Bruce Willis and then it's just on him for his line. There's not a whole lot of like quick back and forth cuts between the two of them. There's not like a cut from her face to his face to a medium shot to a medium shot to a wide shot to another wide shot. Yeah. And, you know, and then back to the close ups. Um, I really like that they just let the the line reads play out in a single shot. And mm-hmm. that, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that um, was cool. The art direction is really cool in the um, the hospital, mm-hmm. like the really pink room. And mm-hmm. then it's cool, the character design of having like James McAvoy in the yellow and then, uh, you know, Samuel Jackson in purple. And then he's in kind of like the bluish teal mm-hmm. Bruce Willis is. And uh, I really like that. And um, the compositions in, in that scene are, are really great. Um, and then there's one other scene that I keep thinking back to whenever I think about this, and it's when uh, Bruce Willis and James McAvoy are fighting out in the parking lot, and there's the two nurses in the uh, like the SWAT car, mm-hmm. and the camera's in the SWAT car, and it's going from window to window as they're fighting, mm-hmm. and like then like Bruce Willis, like the the blocking of that is really cool. I really enjoyed a lot of that, but then again, it just it gets kind of I get soured by the that POV shot is really strange and off putting to me. And then just the story in, in in general, but I think visually it's it's a great looking movie, and I think they yeah. did a great job with like art direction and stuff like that. Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's about it. I mean, yeah. there's not really a whole lot to say. It's a pretty simple movie. Um, you know, pretty much all takes place in, in the psychiatric hospital. Even the ending isn't just in the parking lot. Yep. Um, which again, I, I wanted that to be a little more grand. It didn't need to be oh, at the yeah. building, but it's still, it should have been somewhere else that more than, more than security cameras could have captured. Like, you know, some dude YouTube in his vlog could have caught it or something, Right. <laughs> you know, just something a little more culturally, re- culturally relevant. Yeah. That's hard to say. But, um, y- yeah, I mean, I, you know. If it's on TV, I might watch it again, and then as soon as they get outside, just shut it off. But yeah, and in the in the um, the supporting actors that come together, the mom, the the girl, yeah, and uh, I forget who the other one was. It's the son. The son. Yeah, and you know, and they kind they kind of come that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and that and and uh, I don't know. I had a hard time with that because with it's you. like yeah. Like no, you your your son. The only was one the that one made that sense killed my. You know, essentially yeah. killed my dad. So I don't think they would be as chummy as no. the, as they were that quickly. Like maybe they would have found some resolve. Eventually, but it, it yeah. takes time, and that 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 seemed a little disjointed totally. to me. The only one that made sense to me to even have in the situation at all was the son, because he's there on the phone call right. when his dad gets arrested by these people. Yeah. Um, so then it would make sense for him to go there and try and you know fight for him to be released. Yeah. But then the the, the mom coming in all of a sudden, um, which that was another weird thing is like it took you 19 years of class being in prison to realize he was a superhero and for the secret society to show up. Yeah. Writing wise didn't make sense there. Yeah. So again, um, I don't know. I don't think I recommend glass. If you haven't seen it yet, if you sat through the spoiler talk, then you don't need to see it. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'd recommend it. It's definitely not. If you're bored on buy. a Friday or Saturday night at home and Netflix is your best option. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing though, is it does, it does not ruin split or unbreakable for me. No. Nope. And I think that, Actually, those two movies still work as being in the same universe without this third one. Mm-hmm. So if you only watched Unbreakable and then Split, I think you'd be fine. Yeah. I don't think this, this doesn't bring anything to the other two and it doesn't change anything about the other two really at all. Right. So I think it's good um, that, you know, it doesn't at least taint anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like a movie like The Last Jedi kind of taints the history of everything that came before it and it doesn't really work the same. And it, th- that's a whole other mess. But uh, regardless, so glass. I wouldn't Dude, recommend. I'm so not excited about Star Wars. I know. I don't really care. I'm not. I, I'm, I, I'm at the point now where like I would go. I would go every opening day, even for prequels. But now I'm gonna wait like a week and see what everybody else says. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, I used to wear Obi One outfit. Right. Like full on. Yeah. I've got the robe, the boots, the saber, the whole nine, and and yeah, it's probably gonna just sit and collect yeah. dust. But that's a whole other conversation. So, well, I think that about does it for this week, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, maybe give us your opinion on Glass or anything else. Or the Oscars. Or the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can reach us at uh, at the Easy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And then I'm at uh, Zach Abbott's on Instagram and Twitter. And Eric, you're at Eric Thurston on Instagram and Twitter. And then uh, we're on YouTube. Don't worry about YouTube right now. We're, we're working on some stuff 
for that. Or you can follow me on YouTube. Or you can follow Eric Thurston on YouTube. Find yeah. out what, what's happening on each day of Valentine's. And see his hot air balloon stuff. And yeah. yeah. So, guys, we'll uh, check you next time. If you have any comments or anything, uh, shoot us an email at theeasypodcastshow at gmail.com. And uh, take it easy. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We out. You want to try another one? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This is a podcast. We can't see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a figurative speech. It's figure. It, do you know how to speech? <laughs> <laughs> it's a figurative. Uh, it's a figure of speech. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you next this time. This is staying in. Isn't oh yeah. It? <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome.